You are listening to the Highland Ministry Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about Highland Baptist Church, please visit our website at hbcmolino.com. Today's talk comes from Josh Hilton. Amen. Thank you for that song, Jamie. I feel like uh, whoever wrote that song probably knows a little bit too much about me. Uh, some of that sounded like my story there. So uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to uh, Psalm 127. Psalm 127, uh, we, we wrapped up a series last week and God had laid a, th- this passage of Scripture on my heart here, here a while back and uh, it, it was one of those I kept going back and forth to, but this week I began praying about where we'd go uh, for Father's Day and uh, just making sure that this is where uh, we were supposed to be and it, it's one of those things you, you think about, okay, well, what, what do we need to talk about today? Uh, and, and I began looking at um, just the, the different ideas of what it means to be a man uh, what those things look like, and um, there, there's, a, there's a lot of things out there. Uh, there's a lot of opinions on what it takes to be a man. There's a lot of opinions on uh, what a man should be, and uh, so I began to think about the, the lessons that I was taught uh, growing up, and I, I thought about the men that I had in my life that were close to me, and I've watched men change over the generations and I don't think I have to tell you if that's a good or a bad change over the years. I think it's, it's fairly evident in, in what we see uh, today. Uh, there's still a lot of good men out there, but uh, there, there are some responsibilities and things that, that have not been passed on uh, from generation to generation that uh, I think Scripture's somewhat clear on. But, but I, I thought about the men uh, in my life. Um, uh, I thought about my two grandfathers. Um, that, that are no longer with us. Um, I'll be honest with you. They were hard men. They were. They were just, they were tough. They were, they were tough guys. I, I, uh, I loved them both and, and I respected them both, but I feared them both. Uh, and it was just a different generation in that day. Um, I, I remember, I grew up closer to my dad's stepdad. Uh, we called him Pawpaw. And uh, we, I grew up closer to them. We were just a couple miles down the road. So I spent a lot of time at my grandmother's house. And uh, I would cringe every time she would say, well, go ask your papa. I don't want to, I won't ask papa. I came to you because I figured I'd get to do what it is I wanted to do. Uh, and I don't want to go ask papa about it. Um, but I do, I remember those times. But, but later on in life, he, he ended up with cancer and I began to see who the real man was. There was a very tough outer shell to my papa, but there was a really big heart on the inside. I knew that he loved me, but I began to learn how much he loved the Lord and, and how much he loved my grandmother. And I, I began to really respect the role that he stepped into um, as being my dad's stepdad um, and, and just all of that that he did. There's, there's a reason that my father called him dad. It's because he earned that title with the way that he loved that family, even when uh, it wasn't necessarily his responsibility, but he chose that. And so I learned a lot through him. Uh, my mom's dad, he was uh, a good bit older, uh, but uh, we called him Grampy. 
most of the time, that was what we called him to his face. Behind his back, it was usually grumpy uh, because that fit. Uh, I'm just, just being honest with you. He was. He was, he was a grumpier old man. Um, he's pretty well set in his ways. And, uh, but I never doubted that he loved me. I never doubted that uh, he enjoyed our visits when we'd get to go to Pennsylvania and see them. I saw that through them, even though there was that tough outer shell. Uh, those were men who grew up in a generation, especially my mom's dad, who uh, survived the Great Depression and appreciated everything that he had. Um, he worked hard uh, for what he could do to put food on the table for them, and, and that carried on through his life. Uh, that never really changed. Um, he spent a lot of time out in his shop, but um, he, he did enjoy his family. Uh, he just showed it in a different way. So I thought about my grandfathers and, and their generation, and then I thought about my dad. My dad didn't have, have the, the same traditional raising that I did, that I was fortunate enough to have. Uh, I told you earlier that, that my dad was partially raised by his, his stepdad, but he spent a lot of time with his grandmother and his grandfather. Uh, and there are a lot of the reason he is the person that he is today because his dad wasn't there. Um, even when dad tried, his dad wasn't there. Uh, he didn't really want that relationship with his son. And so um, at my house, it was a little bit different because my dad was there. I was fortunate enough to have a dad who I knew that loved me. Now, my dad was not perfect. I still learned a lot about how I held the flashlight wrong uh, when he was trying to work on something because I could never find the spot uh, to hold the flashlight. I, I learned a lot about tools and the fact that I didn't know what any of them were called because every time he asked for one, I always brought the wrong one. Uh, and so um, he, he was not a perfect man by any means, but I always knew that he loved me. Amen. He raised me to love the Lord. He raised me to take care of my family. He taught me Honestly, what I think Scripture teaches us to be a man. And that's the importance of family. And yes, providing for our family is, is a part of that role. But family is very, very important. And the older I get, the more my dad taught me about that. And see, the reality that I've heard so many times is that we're not promised a long time with our children. If... They go to, through high school, you get roughly 18 summers with your kids before they move off. And they go and they start their lives. Maybe they go to a trade. Maybe they go to school. But you don't get a long time with them. And some of y'all realize that. Some of your children are here today to spend Father's Day with you. And I thank y'all for doing that with your dads. But we don't get a long time with them. And my dad taught me that the time that we do have is important. And we got to make the most of that. But the thing is, there's a flip side, a, a lesson that I learned, and that was from society. Society doesn't teach you those things about being a man. Society teaches you a completely different op, uh, uh, opposing view of what it looks like to be a man in this world today. And even growing up, it taught you that your main job was to provide for your family. Your main thing was you had to go and work so you could build what it is that you wanted here on this earth. I challenged our men this morning that um, where we build our treasure at, that's where our heart is. And so I asked them the question this morning is, where's your heart? Now, this is not just a message 
for men on Father's Day. This is a message for all followers of Christ is we have to understand that what it is we put our emphasis on, what it is that we show is important is what our kids are going to learn from us. Because society is going to teach them that the important thing is you get what you can for yourself and you take care of you and everything's going to be okay. Society is teaching that you know what, that everything, the center of your universe is you. So whatever it is you desire, whatever it is you want, whatever it is you crave, that is what you deserve. But scripture teaches us a better way. I don't have to live for the things that, that I can earn. I don't have to live for the things that, that I can create here on this world. I can live for something greater. I can have a greater purpose than a nine to five. I can have a greater purpose than just uh, making enough money to make ends meet or make enough, enough money to provide for the things that I want to do and, and have all the luxuries in life. I, I can have a greater purpose, a greater identity that is found in Christ. And I believe that the psalmist here, which is uh, King Solomon that wrote this psalm here in Psalm uh, 127, I think he gives us a picture, almost a caution that still goes against what society teaches us today. And that's the crazy thing about this. And, and, and if you've spent enough time in God's word, you see that it still reflects where we're at today. Uh, things haven't changed that much from Solomon's day back in the Old Testament there to where we are today. We're still struggling as, as a society with the same things that they struggled with. That if you work hard enough, you can create an image for yourself that will make people like you. If you work hard enough, you can create an image for yourself to be the person that you want to be. If you can work hard enough, you can create something that you desire. But I want you all to see what Scripture says here in Psalm 127. Starting in verse 1, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. If you just look at the surface of those two verses, you look and go, hey, you know what, there's not a whole lot of value in hard work. I don't want you to hear that. I think that, that the, the, there is value in being someone who can work hard and who uh, does labor uh, for things. We want to be men who do work hard, but that cannot be our only focus. Because the thing is, we, we want to work hard, but we got to work hard for the right things. We got to work hard not just to, to provide things that go in our shed and our shop and, and, and all those things that everybody else can see. We don't work hard so that we can have the nicest house on the street. We don't work hard so that we can have all those toys that keep our kids busy. We don't work hard so that we can fill our life with things. We work hard so that we can make much of the Lord. He says here, it says that unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It just goes back to this idea that everything is pointless if we are not doing it for him. 
And we get caught up in that. We, we forget that. We'll come to church on, on Sunday and we're reminded that we're supposed to do uh, things for the Lord. We're reminded that, hey, this is what our role is going to be. We're going to teach kids this week what it means to follow Christ. But we get out in the world and we get busy at work. We get busy at home trying to do the things that we want to do. And we forget what it is that God has asked us to do. And that's to help him build his kingdom. We forget that uh, we're supposed to be laboring for him and not for ourselves. But the tangible side of the thing is, is we see our bank account. We see our homes. We see our toys. We see our treasures that we have. Scripture says that all that stuff is vain unless it's for him. Now, I don't want you to think that, that I'm beating up on people who have nice things. That's fine. God blesses people. I'm not worried about the things that you have. But I don't want that to be your primary focus. I'm not worried about what it is you have. I don't care how large your bank account is or how small it is. I'm still your pastor. I don't care what kind of house you live in or, or, or what, what kind of shed that you live in. I'm still your pastor. I, I don't care about those earthly things. What I care about is where your heart is is because far too many times as we we gather those treasures together and that is our identity is the stuff that we have and our identity is not found in Christ but the thing is all of that stuff is going to pass away you may be able to leave that to future generations. Your grandkids may be able to enjoy it. They may have, they may be taken care of because of the wealth that was built and that is okay as long as we're teaching them about the Lord in the midst of it all. As long as we are showing them that there is something greater to strive for than just worldly possessions. But far too many times what our society teaches us is that we are supposed to focus on what we can get here and enjoy those things. Where God's word teaches us that we're supposed to focus on heaven and eternity and who we can take with us. Use that boat for God's glory, please. Take somebody with you. Show them the gospel as you're spending time out on the water. I think it's great. Use those toys for that. We, we have a camper. We, uh, use those times where you can get away and experience nature and, and be a witness for the Lord. Show them that people can be different because they need to see that. Use the things that you have that God has blessed you with for His glory. And I don't think He minds that at all. If we'll use it for him. But too many times we are taught that we've got to build our kingdom. We've got to build something for us. Because that's what's celebrated, is what we can achieve. But scripture here shows us that all of that is vain. I read verse 2 and, and I got a little excited when I was reading verse 2. It says... It's vain for you to rise up early. I was like, Lord told me to sleep in. I like that. I don't think that's the correct understanding of this. Or to retire late. It's vain to go to bed late. So we got short days now. God said sleep in and go to bed early. No, we need to make the most of our time for Him. 
And what he finishes up verse 2 with, he says, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. See, the beauty of it is when we're living for the Lord and when we're doing what it is, he satisfies our needs at all times. He satisfies the things that we need. He doesn't always give us our wants. We understand that. You've lived long enough that you know God's not going to give you everything you want. And I praise the Lord that he's not giving me everything that I wanted because I wouldn't be where I am today if he had done that. But he has always given me what I needed even when I didn't deserve it. But the reminder here is, is, is we're, we're working these long hours, we're spending all this time trying to gain these worldly, earthly possessions. And he said, God will take care of you. Solomon said, you don't have to worry about those things. If you'll live for the Lord and you'll do the work that he calls you to, he is going to provide for you. And then Solomon turns to the most important thing that we've been given that we're often distracted by, by verses 1 and 2. He turns to that in verses 3 through 5, and it says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is a man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. And so Solomon turns his attention to the family. He said, yeah, you can build all these things for yourself, but unless it's what God desires for you, really you're just kind of wasting your time. But there is something that you've been given that you need to spend time on. And as men, our society does not teach us this. It does not teach us the importance of the family. Now, a family may look very different for each and every one of you here. Some of you have children. Some of you are not able to have children. Some of you have uh, lots of children. Some of you have been able to, uh, to, to bring in other children through adoption and foster care and love on children who didn't have a home and you've been able to give them those things. Uh, some of you are now past the point of children where you're at grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And all of those things are great, but I do believe that even here, we're not just talking about children. I believe that he is reminding us that the family is important. One of the first things that has gone in our society is the family. Too many of y'all know the effects of that. Some of y'all sit here today like my father did, and you come from a broken home. That's not God's design, but we're not perfect people. Some of you struggle with days like today because you didn't have the greatest example at home. Maybe when you think of Father's Day, it's hard because you think of the example that you had. Sometimes it's hard for people to sing that song, Good, Good Father. Yes, it's written about God Himself. But sometimes those words are hard when you don't have that example at home. I understand that everybody's family dynamic is different. And not everybody's had the best example. Uh, but what we find here in Scripture is that we are reminded that the family is important. 
And we can spend, as men, we can spend our time trying to build things to satisfy our family. And guess what our family is wanting? Our family is just wanting a little bit of us. I've read a story a couple of times, and I would... I didn't know that I was going to share it today, but, uh, or I'd give credit to whoever wrote it, but uh, there's a story of a little boy that he asked his dad, who was a workaholic, he asked his dad, he said, Dad, how much do you make an hour? And his dad was upset by it. His dad was upset by the fact that his son would even ask him a question like that. He said, that's none of your business. And he blew up on him. So the child walked away. The dad kind of felt bad for for that and so he, he's like what why why do you ask son he said i i, I make a hundred dollars an hour he was a very wealthy man he said well, why, but why do you ask he said can i can i borrow fifty dollars he blew up on him again because he's looking and going, well, why, why would you ask how much i make and then ask me for money are you just trying to make sure that i have this So they parted ways for a little while and the dad came back and said, here you go, son. The boy was in his bedroom and so he reached under his pillow and he had another $50. So the dad got mad again because he's looking and going, you just asked me for $50, but you already had $50. But the little boy put the two $50 together and said, dad, can you come home from work an hour early tomorrow so I can spend that time with you? Amen. See, the, the truth of that story is that far too many times we desire to build what it is we want and we forget that God has given us the greatest blessing in our homes, whether that's your spouse and just your spouse because your kids are already gone or maybe you don't have kids or, or maybe you still have children at home, but God has given you a family unit to take care of. And I challenge you that to be a man today is to take care of your family and to love them well. I don't care what society teaches us. I don't care what it is they're showing us about possessions we can give because if we waste our family, what have we done with our time? Because God put them there for a reason. Reading through this passage, I was challenged with this idea that far too many times we care about what it is we can achieve. But at the end of my days, I don't think my kids will ever talk about how much money I made. They may share about some of the trips we went on, but it's not going to be because of the expense of those trips. It's not going to be because of all the things they did. It's going to be because we did that together. They're gonna, they may talk about some, some different things we did, but I, I've learned in life that you don't talk about those things because of the toys that were involved. You don't, you don't talk about the boat uh, because you got to go and spend time out on it. You talk about that because that's where your family was together. That was the time that you always had together. So my challenge for us as individuals, as followers of Christ, yes, even to the men in the room, but also the ladies in the room, is we can't get called up trying to make sure we get our checklist done. We can't get called up looking and going, hey, I've been able to achieve all of these things. I was able to get all of these things done today. And, and I got the kids out of my hair so I could get my checklist done. I, I got them done away. But what did we do with what we were given? 
till we spend time with those that God has given us to love. I can spend hours studying, decorating for VBS, and doing different things as the pastor, but if I neglect my home, I will never leave this church where it's supposed to go. I'm just being honest. If I don't take time to spend with my family, guess what? I will never lead you well. Because that's my first ministry. My wife and my children, my first ministry. So when I lead them well, then God blesses that. And he gives me that time and that energy to be able to lead y'all well. But if I can't take care of her, I can't take care of you. Today, we need the reminder that the stuff that we can build for ourselves is just stuff. Somebody else will have it one day. Many times you know, hey, that stuff's just going to break anyways. You're going to end up spending time fixing it instead of spending time enjoying it. But we can't get our time back. And I don't know that I'll get all 18 summers with my kids. That's reality that we see far too often. But I know I've been given another day. I was given today with them that I can spend time with them. I was given another day with my spouse so I can spend time with her. I can make sure that I'm intentional with my time. I've been given another day to spend with y'all. So I want to make sure that I'm purposeful with it as well. I can always get more things. I can always make more money. I can always buy more toys. I'll never be able to buy more time. And I think today, what the people around you are looking for, whether they're your children, whether they're just neighbors, whether they're relatives, whether it's your spouse, no matter who it is, I think what the people around you are looking for is somebody who's willing to give them some of their time and show them that they matter. See, when we give people our time, it gives us an opportunity to share the love of Christ with them because they see that we see them. We walked through that in our last series of the fact that Jesus saw people where they were. But when people are objects, we don't see them. When people are a means to make more money, when people are just something that's in our way, we don't see them. And sometimes those people are the ones that are in our home that we don't see because we're too busy with other things. So this morning, my challenge for each of us, especially myself, is am I building the right future? Or am I building the things that I desire? Am I building a future where my kids can look back and go, hey, you know what? We may not have had everything I wanted, but I had a dad who loved me and pointed me towards the Lord. I had a family where I knew that I was loved. I remember those moments that they spent with us, mom and dad. And those moments 
pointed me to where I am now? Will my children be able to say the same thing? Will the people that God has put in your life, I don't care if they're related or not, will they be able to see that you love them? Will they be able to see that they matter to you by the way you treat them? See, God puts people in our path for us to impact. Because if you look at Scripture, Scripture's clear. There's not two ways that He's getting His Word out. There's one way that God is sharing the Gospel, and that's through His followers. And so He puts people in our life to show them the Gospel. And far too many times we get too busy to share the Gospel with them. My prayer for each and every one of you today is that you find the time to spend time with your people. To spend time with those that God has blessed you with. So that you can point them in the right direction. Because the people in your life are a gift from God. Even the ones that bring us those headaches. They're a gift because God wants to use you to reach them. But you got to see them first. You got to see them first before we'll ever reach them for the gospel. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for the truths that we find hidden in your word. And Lord, I pray that today we are focused on building something for you. But Lord, far too many times I focus on other things. I focus on what it is that I can provide for myself, not what it is that you desire for me and my family. So Lord, help us to turn our eyes to you. Lord, help us to point our focus to you today so that we can make much of the time that you've given us. Time is fleeting. We're not promised moments. So we have to be here now so that we can make the most of those moments we're given. God, I thank you for your people that are here today. Lord, I thank you for your protection from the storms. But God, I also know that you're moving in the hearts of your people. And so Lord, whatever decision that needs to be made today, I pray that they would make it now. And we'll give you the glory for it all. In your holy name I pray. If you were encouraged by today's talk, please rate and review our podcast at Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.